You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Alice Redman. And I'm Heather Fallon. And we are both reporters and researchers for the Commissioner Index. This week, I spoke to YouTube's head of EMEA Originals, Luke Holmes. And we'll be discussing BBC's new comedy team and, as usual, our Green Lights of the Week. So, hey Alice, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to the old countdown to Christmas. How about you? Uh, I'm counting down to my London days, so I'm feeling feeling pretty good at the moment. Yeah, is it bad to be counting down to Christmas in like early November? Maybe, but... No, it's absolutely freezing. This is all we have to hold on to now. <laughs> exactly, like fireworks are over now. Just we wait for Christmas to start. <laughs> And all the fun things, like I think the build-up. December is just always a very good month. It is one of the best. For sure. But we are still in November and we have still lots of commissioning news to talk about. And you have had a very busy week last week as our BBC correspondent. Yeah, so it was a kind of big but inevitable announcement that the BBC's newly appointed director of comedy, John Petrie, announced his new commissioning team. The comedy team had been in a slightly concerning state as there'd been several high profile departures over the course of the year including former director of comedy Shane Allen and Kate Dalton, Sarah Sante and Alex Moody all leaving in fairly quick succession. So on Petrie's new team which will be in place and taking pictures from January 2022 he's hired Channel 4's digital commissioning executive Navi Lamba and she's going to be in this newly created position of head of comedy talent development. I think that is a really strong move from John Petrie. I think at the very core of the BBC's kind of commissioning outlook is this need to find and develop new British voices and having a dedicated position for that is a clear commitment, particularly in a genre like comedy, where the talent is often at the very forefront of the show. I think it's a really strong move because I think when you think about some of the shows that BBC are known for in comedy, they're very authored. You know, the creator is at the heart. You know, where would Phoebe Waller-Bridge be without Fleabag? You know, it's it's definitely what their comedy department is all about and really known for. Yeah, and I think Navi Lumber is a great commissioner. She's done some really interesting things at E4, as you will know. And um, yeah, I think that's a really exciting new position. And then also joining the team is Emma Lawson as a commissioning editor. So she previously worked for Rufka and also quite interestingly held an in-house commissioning role at Apple most recently. Also joining is Seb Barwell. He's going to be in a kind of acting position until April 2022. Uh, He also worked at Rough Cut, so that's clearly the place to be. And he developed and produced comedies like Sathlet's Flats, Bloods, and I Live With Models. So to conclude with... The addition of Emma Lawson, Seb Barwell, and now Ben Cordell is also going to be joining the team full-time. That means that we've now got a nice full team with Tanya, Koreshi, Gregor Sharp, and Hannah Rose all forming the final comedy team. So if you want to take a look at all of their profiles, they're available on the Commissioner Index, and you can find out loads more about what the BBC are looking for right now. And it is a great time just to generally be in comedy because you are hosting our comedy commissioning conversations live comedy panel next week. Which is where everyone should be. 
and everyone exactly um so you can find out more about that on the broadcast intel website but heather will be speaking to sarah sante from uk tv alex moody from sky and fiona mcdermott from channel 4 about kind of what they're looking for in comedy and also if you are a commission index subscriber you get to meet them afterwards virtually (laughs) we are still slightly in a pandemic and although we've chatted a lot about comedy some great shows Less than a comedy vein have been greenlit this week. Yeah. So, what's your greenlight of the week, Alice? Okay. So, I think I've um denied on this actually, but I think it's going to be Fox's reboot of Joe Millionaire, just because the concept is insane. So, the original series was, was made in the early 2000s, and it was a group of women who were all competing to win the heart of a guy called Joe, who they all thought was a millionaire. However, when it got to the series finale, it was revealed that he was not actually a millionaire. He was a normal guy. He was just a regular Joe. Regular Joe, exactly. <laughs> but the, the, then there was a second twist that if the girl that won had accepted him as a regular guy, the couple would have won a million pounds. So then he would have been a millionaire. But oh I'm not God, sure. I didn't know that. No, I know. I was doing a bit more research into it this morning and I like discovered this and I was like, God, Fox and their twists. So I'm all about stupid dating shows, you know, like anything silly I'm here for. And so the reboot is instead the group of women will have the choice between two men. Um, one will have... Um, one will be a millionaire and one will just be a regular joe millionaire joe and regular joe but they won't know who is who and so it's you know are they dating for love are they dating for money are they going to end up with lots of money in the bank or just with a regular guy oh (laughs) i'm already rooting for regular joe i know i just think it sounds so insane and so silly and also it could only happen in america so what about you what's your green light of the week well, Alice, it, it had to be done. <laughs> this commission was summarised in the in the uh, press release as combining Joe Lysett's favourite things, which were LGBTQ plus culture, Birmingham and chaotic live television. And those also happened to be some of my favourite things. <laughs> So I'm I'm so excited for this. Uh, It's a Channel 4 commission titled Mummy's Big Christmas Do. And it's a live festive special. We've already said we're trying to get into the festive spirit. So I think this is very apt green night of the week and it is just so up my street that I cannot believe it uh it also includes a specially invited audience made up of like lgbtq plus icons allies and local heroes and I just really like to take this moment to put myself forward if rumpus media is listening I don't need to do anything on the show I just want to sit there I'm very often in Birmingham so please just let me sit there (laughs) I would like to come too as well. I think you know, both of us could be a great iconic duo in the audience. <laughs> we'll be the special guests that no one needed. The special guests that are known to you about the commissioning conversations audience only. But but how appreciated would they would we be? Yeah, exactly. From Joe Lysett to Luke Hyams, you spoke to him this week all about YouTube and EMEA and commissioning. Yeah so he gave me some really great insights as to how producers can create some very distinctive content for what is a very unique platform so it was a really fab chat. So the commissioning strategy for YouTube is to increase the enjoyment of the viewer experience for YouTube and how we do that 
is uh, we partner with some of the channels or YouTube creators or you know local producers who understand the platform to work together to do things that help to push the creative boundaries and go beyond the sort of creative expectations that audiences might have around content you see on YouTube or on specific channels. And how we do that is we really like to pay careful attention to personalities, the trends and the formats that have made YouTube so popular and build upon those to create really big moments that are entertaining, shareable, but also are in tune with the things that our audience really, really care about. And what is the target audience? I know that it's a very diverse range of commissions that you have, but is there a particular target audience that you focus on? Well, as as you know, Heather, YouTube is incredibly unique. My um, version of YouTube when I'm logged in is completely different to yours, completely different to you know anyone else out there. And so with with YouTube originals, we try to commission things that feel like they can bring people from different uh, communities within YouTube together to celebrate something. And I think what's exciting for us going into 2022 is we are going to be focusing on a um, sort of 14 to 34 year old demographic um, with a lot of the shows that we are, are, are buying kind of hitting squarely in the in the middle of that age range with the hope that they'll appeal to younger and older audiences there um that you know there is there definitely are outliers among some of the things that we buy that are for specific communities but really the focus is is gen z and beyond for 2022 yeah and i think you said previously you kind of want to tap into this cultural zeitgeist of the uk are there any areas that you're particularly interested in anything that you're really trying to focus on at the moment what genres and subjects are particularly appealing well in terms of uh, genres and subjects that are really appealing we like it when we can create uh, like a moment around something that could be a real world event and then bring it onto the platform. A great example of this is earlier this year, we did a five hour special to celebrate pride across five different creator and artist channels. And that was a great opportunity to really show how um, commissioning for YouTube, it, it can be really distinct. So for the user experience, you could either just watch the one hour of the creator that you like, or you could stay tuned and check out the full five hour special. Um, it really was um, sort of open for, for audiences to choose. And so, you know, we want to build upon that. We want to do things that feel like the celebrations of moments that are important to us. And at the same time, we really want to make sure that everything that we're doing has some kind of purpose. We this year have made a couple of shows um, here in the UK that draw attention to the climate crisis in a way that feels um, like it is kind of both edifying and, dare I say, um, entertaining. Mm. Um, we, one show called Seat at the Table, which sees YouTuber Jack Harris go on a journey to give a voice to those who are underrepresented in the climate conversation on the eve of COP. And we did another one called The Climate Games that saw um, pro athletes take on incredible stunts that have some kind of climate message to them. So 
continuing the climate conversation is really important to our audience so we definitely want to keep doing that as we yeah. move into 2022 we're really passionate about exploring mental health in ways that can be beneficial for our audiences we have a few really exciting projects um, in development that, that look at mental health and we're always open to see how uh, producers can unpack and interpret that subject in in new creative ways so that's something we're always looking for and then really unpacking how we've got to where we are with racial racial injustice is something that we 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 are commissioning towards as well mm. and i think you know it's worth noting that we are very lucky to be sitting on um, something we have called the Black Voices Fund, which allows us to commission pieces that are designed to give opportunities um, to, to Black creatives, both in front of and behind the camera. And we really want to use that money to also to kind of commission the stories that you don't expect that don't feel like they're just continuing the same street culture narrative mm. or focusing on the same areas that, you know, are really popular, like for instance, sports and rap music, you know, what else are we doing that can go beyond that and tell stories about the black experience? How can we go beyond some of the trauma we've experienced in the past couple of years and actually uh, promote and 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 share black joy in a whole new way so we really want to hear from producers who have ideas uh, on that subject um and then you know also we we want producers you know the most important thing heather is people who are engaged in the platform mm. you know when i sit yeah. down with producers it becomes really clear really quickly who has taken the time to spend you know some time on youtube consuming videos understanding the language of, of how youtube works how different it is from traditional tv understanding the creators and so you know with that in mind um a couple of areas that we're interested in for for 2022 further to what i've said already are gaming that is so much gaming content consumed constantly uh, on youtube what can we do that builds upon that that celebrates the best of it and the other thing is that we've launched youtube shorts um here in the uk this year very exciting a whole another way for people to fall down the, the youtube viewing rabbit hole so to speak but how can we definitely fall this? in there you fall in there good okay i'm, I'm <laughs> glad it's not just me so but yeah but like okay so how can we you know, these 60 second vertical formats, how does originals play into that? Well, so for example, with our show that I mentioned, Seat at the Table, we've had Jack Harry's throughout the whole production, throughout his whole journey, just keep the audience up to date with what's going on through shorts. So that's like a, you know, a one way of doing it. And then when he goes to COP, he's going to start doing some COP explainer videos on YouTube shorts, which we're really excited about. But that, you know, that's like, amplifies the show but what can we do with shorts so we really want to have producers who understand youtube who understand the things that are really working on the platform and want to just come and have you know open creative conversations about what we might be able to do next together 
Yeah. I'd um I'd really love to talk to you as well about one of your recent commissions, Race Round Britain. It looks fantastic and also it's fronted by a really brilliant talent in Munya. We've discussed them quite a lot on the podcast before. We really like him. And I'd love to know kind of how that commission came about and the process of creating that. That was a um one of those uh kind of real smoke signal moments all through the lockdown we were being really really uh, entertained by the stuff that he was producing and honestly heather it was just one of those things where it got to a point where every single producer or agent i would meet i would say but what i really would like to do is to do something with manya chihuahua come on but yeah this is great but does anybody know manya you know can we can we do that eventually got an email address wrote to him um and then and then eventually um it was one of these ones of like i think he got in touch to say hey everybody keeps telling me that you want to work with me maybe we should have a meeting (laughs) so we got together and honestly um what's i mean there's if i was to talk about all the things that are great about him we would we could fill up this whole series of podcasts (laughs) like i don't think he'd be like such a suck up but the guy is incredibly talented he also is so culturally aware of what's going on in this country and what works online and where the big uh, dialogues and, and discussion points are. So he, you know, he has such a really interesting backstory of having come from Zimbabwe and being immersed in the UK. And so he has a, a really unique perspective on, on race. And he had this idea of a road trip format that would see him go uh, to four places in the UK that there are, you know, that aren't necessarily known for being integrated or have had some previous problems related to race. And so how can he go there and actually work with these people to understand some kind of nuanced part of this issue like for instance he goes to Surrey to explore white privilege Mm. and um I just there's so many things Heather that I want to tell you about (laughs) that I just watched in a cut from that episode yesterday that I was literally having to keep rewinding because I was really enjoying it so much but yeah so 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 that's the thing so he goes to four different places and every time he goes to a place he takes one special guest with him should we say and in w- another place, he takes two special guests. <laughs> um, and um, what a dream! Really, yeah, he just he goes and like you know, in one episode, you know, he goes to some place, uh, a, a part of Wales, where they're trying to, uh, where they've recently made uh, Black History part of the curriculum. So mm-hmm. he explores that in a really fun and interesting way. And then he also looks at how um, this one part of Wales is is hiring for a diversity champion. So he just has, and then he just has some fun mm. with unpacking like, what is a diversity champion? What does that mean? Yeah. What do yeah. you have to do to be a diversity champion? And what's great about this, Heather, is it's he's doing it. There's the characters in it. There's lots of characters in it, but there are, but also there's lots of him being Munya, him yeah. going out talk to people at himself as himself. You know, for those who've just seen his characters, unknown P and whatever, it's, it's a real refreshing thing to, for us to see him as a personality. Now I know he's on Channel Four right now as himself. So, um, but it's building upon that, you know. Yeah, uh, and this personalities show is quite key more, for YouTube, isn't it? It, it is really yeah. key. It's really key, and I feel like this show is is a lot more kind of personal to him than uh, what he's doing on Channel Four at the moment. 
The only thing I'd say, Heather, the only thing that's a pain in the bottom about that show is you don't know how busy this guy is. Like, he, this guy is, um, you know, he's doing his his traditional Instagram stuff. He's doing his Channel 4 show. He's doing our show. He's editing overnight. He's launching Samsung phones. He's hosting broadcast digital awards. Like, every second of every day... He's very he's booked. Busy. Yeah, very, very booked. But it's a, it's a great experience. We're really excited about the show. We're going to be able to talk about the release date and share a trailer too. So I'm excited that you guys are excited about it and hopefully yeah. they're yeah. right about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a good example of that tapping into UK culture and also using people and personalities as a vehicle for content. Uh, but I've definitely noticed in kind of looking forward that a lot of YouTube focus seems to be on big kind of live events. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that as well. And the plans that you have in that area, what producers should be thinking about if they have an idea for an event. I think producers should be thinking about first and foremost, like the necessity of it. Last year, nobody could go out for New Year's Eve. So when that became here we were like all right guys let's get a new year special together you know we, we had a few companies pitch on it and we did in five countries around the world we did a new year special um the u.s team last year um when it came clear that so many universities weren't going to be able to have graduation ceremonies across the u.s they did a big special called dear class of 2020 which was like a sort of you know load of different commencement speeches and performances so if there is some sort of you know, that really helps us with our commissioning decisions. If there's some kind of vital reason why mm. this needs to happen right now, a connection uh, to something on the calendar could be helpful or something important that's happening. I wouldn't say in the news because we have quite long turnaround times, but something mm. in the cultural zeitgeist of this country that resonates here, that has the potential to speak to people around the world. Those are the things to think about as a first question for what it is. And then the other thing is, you know, how YouTube Originals works is that we find that we reach a much more engaged audience when we program onto YouTube channels with an existing audience for a specific thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for instance, like last year, we did a, a show with a YouTube creator called Bazinga, where we told mm. his story about his amazing weight transformation and then also looked at, you know, his uh, journey to try and run the London Marathon when it got closed for COVID, et cetera, et cetera. The natural destination for that is not the YouTube Originals channel. It's the Bazinga channel where people mm. love to come see him and his engage with his personality so we really want producers to think about talent and to think about the youtube channels where the thing will live because so much of i'm sad to say or just it's not even a sad thing it's just a reality thing so many of the things here work or don't work based upon um where they end up on the platform so if you've got a really leaned in youtube channel creator host and it's something mm. that feels like it work on their channel that's a really big help and it's something that it's kind of never too early to think about yeah and can I ask what's kind of resonating the most at the moment in terms of there's kind of music commissioning there's events there's personality which of those kind of pillars do you think is doing the best at the moment difficult to say because everything is so different mm. and a lot of it does end up reaching a lot of different audiences you know the show we commissioned with 
Joe Dougie, uh, Joe Wicks and Hey Dougie seems to be doing really, really, really well in terms of like, and that was a good thing, great example, because it's like tried and tested YouTube creator and a, a kid's brand that does incredibly well on the platform, putting them together with the purpose of getting young people active mm. felt like a really, really good move. Um, so I'd say as far as what's working, I mean, honestly, I, I think that is an example of what works really well. And the reason why that works really well is because the best thing that works for us, honestly, is really um, when you work with a YouTube creator and you get to help them do something that is taking their creative ambitions for their audience to mm. a new plateau, those are the things that work best, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, those personality pieces. Not that we don't have great success with music as well and gaming and stuff, but honestly, the personality pieces, I think, do the best for us. Yeah. And can I ask, uh, you've mentioned the Black Voices Fund already. Are there any other projects that producers and creators should be aware of? Any extra opportunities or just things to consider when approaching you to pitch an idea? I think, um, you know, when approaching us, uh, you know, we're sat here in this country because we want to work with the best British talent. Mm. So I think um, making producers know that if they come um, with a deck full of American talent or, you know, it, it's not necessarily, you know, the most um, appealing thing for us, this team, for us to spend our money on. Last year, we did a, we produced it, was it last year? No, this year it came out. So this year we did a show with Patricia Bright, who is a, you know, a, a long-standing YouTube creator. It was a format called If I Could Tell You Just One Thing. The original plan for that, Heather, was that we would fly Patricia to the United States and that she would, you know, meet half the guests in the United States um, and half the guests in the UK. So you mm. get like a real mix of different uh, perspectives and opinions. When it came time to it, it just wasn't practical with COVID to fly her and the team to the US. So we ended up producing that show, which is about 12 inspirational women with just women you mm. find in the UK. Yeah. And looking back, I feel like that was actually a really good idea because it just made it so much more uh, locally relevant to audiences yeah. here in the UK and gave us a, an opportunity to... Um, you know, take people like Floella Benjamin or Steph London and put them on that sort of uh, expose them to a global audience in a way mm. that if we had just gone to America and, and filmed with a lot of the usual celebrities, it would have felt like a lot of other shows that are out there. And this way yeah. it felt more distinctly British. So we, we like that people think um, locally relevant and not just London as well. It was really great to have Luke on the podcast this week. Mm, very interesting insight and if you are interested in coming on the podcast to chat with us want any more information about becoming a member of commission index or just want to drop us a line and say hi we would love to speak to you we are at info at broadcastintel.com or directly at firstname.lastname at broadcastnow.co.uk we'll be back soon with more but until then bye for now thank you for listening we'll be back soon with more but in the meantime don't forget to check out all the latest commissioning briefs and program green lights at broadcastintel.com 